we come to our Heavenly Father in prayer, we have no reason to be ashamed or apologetic. We can come shamelessly, audaciously, with complete honesty about our needs, our wants, our desires. In this week's sermon, Kelly preached on Luke 11, 5-13, where Jesus teaches us through a parable how we should approach prayer and what we can expect from God. Today, we'll be discussing questions around these verses and more. Stay tuned from Glen Allen Bible Church. I'm Matt Marone. I'm John Vanderveld. I'm Beth Moss. And I'm Kelly Brady in this episode number 179 of The Next Level. Let me be still and Good afternoon. Rest in Good afternoon. Hola. Back in the afternoon. Como estas, Dad? I had a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> wow. There was, an, was there an oost? He was dancing there? a second ago, too. <laughs> this is what we're doing the formal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the informal? Usted is? No, 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 that's formal. The absence of it. <laughs> the absence of it. The, the, the leaving off of anything with usted, usted. in it. <laughs> Did you take Spanish? Yeah, in high school. Okay, but that was I a while tell. ago. And then I, I tried to test out in college. Did not test out. <laughs> so, so I'm shocked. This is why right. he doesn't know where usted goes. <laughs> so I decided to take Latin because I could start in 101. Uh-huh. But they were going to place me in like 289 or something for <laughs> Spanish, yeah. and I just I would have drowned. Latin, Spanish, in did college you, is did a you, lot harder. So than did Spanish you use Latin. Latin as your language at Wheaton? Sumus testament. Did you really? Clearly, summa. obviously. E, e plur, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't understand? Carpe diem. Rattling off. Carpe diem. Day. So Mago Day. My Latin teacher. Did you finish Latin and that was your language <laughs> at Wheaton? Really, really needing baby. to know wow. about this. <laughs> so and it gets better. Latin so is hard. It gets this better. explains some of the, the fancy word. So uh-huh. my Latin teacher, I really enjoyed him. I didn't go to class much. So <laughs> he saw me in the library once and I'm reading the newspaper. And he sat down across from me. I've got the newspaper, it's covered in my face. And I I say, Oh, Dr. Ruprecht, very famous professor. At Wheaton College. How are you doing? He goes, you still go here? (laughs) (laughs) At least he recognized you. Recognized by a famous prof. I had one year of Latin. It was hard. Latin was hard. It's just straight memorization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. because, And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Because anything can go anywhere. They taught the they taught Latin at my high school. And there was a certain amount of, certain kind of kid. Certain kind. That took the Latin. Briefcase. We had to. (laughs) Briefcase carriers. <laughs> we at my high school, we had to take one year. Of I thought I was going on to law school. That's what my mother yeah. told me to do. Right? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I remember nothing from Latin. Okay. <laughs> so Sunday morning. Who is the? <laughs> sorry. Who is the the president <laughs> that went to Latin America and said they wish they would have studied their Latin more? Uh, what was oh. that guy's name? He made, He was he was known for his gaffes like that. Quail. Dan Quail. Uh, first of all, he, he, he was wasn't never the president. Vice president. Okay. That's what okay. he said. Vice president. Okay. <laughs> I wish I studied my I Latin. He went to Latin America <laughs> and he said, I wish I would have studied my Latin more. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Okay, my only takeaway from Sunday morning <laughs> was that the plasti shield that you that I was standing behind. Plexiglass? Yeah. The plexi- Needs a windshield wiper. <laughs> well, no, the plexiglass. So it has a tendency to waffle front to back a little bit. 
So I'm speaking. <laughs> and then the room starts moving. Oh. It, it's, it's like you're on a ship. And I'm mm. like, oh, my gosh, what is there an earthquake? Because <laughs> the whole congregation is, is moving backwards and forwards. And ref- your reflection. Yeah. That's all I got for Did Sunday. it make you lose your train of thought? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what he's, that's his excuse for sermon number four. <laughs> oh, the band was awesome. It was so great Matt to have a full band loved, back again. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Man, it was nice just to hit some stuff and make some noise and mm-hmm. do something other than what we've been doing, which is great. And which fine, has been great. Yeah. Sometimes but it's nice to, did it feel different? Cause I mean, obviously for those of us on the stage, we get a different vibe and different platform. feeling the platform. I'm sorry. Yes. platform. Words matter. They do matter. But like for, for you, <laughs> Kelly, Latin did it, for stage? it, thank you. <laughs> it can go anywhere in the sentence. <laughs> Does it, did it feel different to have a big, bigger band? From oh your standpoint. Oh my gosh, yes. Mm. Oh yeah. The room was full of sound and Rich Trelease is off. Oh yeah. Terrific. So Right. And it was great to have uh Andy Marchese, Marchese who's a dentist, so he he's he hasn't not been able to really serve any time during the week or do video stuff since COVID started. Mm. Um and uh it was nice to have him back. I haven't seen him since March. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So that was that was cool. Mm-hmm. It was also good to hear some of his stories. Yeah. Of, you know, his practice and Right. He's yeah. kind of been on the front lines and does public health and Wow. So it was interesting. Yeah. He's been working hard. He's a good guy. We had a um, for our online service. We had a song, and I wanted to talk a, uh, briefly about it real quick um, because I've had a few uh, texts and emails about it. Oh, but we did an because um, people are like, "What song is that?" I can't find it. I'm looking on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a. Do you say to them, "Send me five dollars. I'll send you." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, Don't settle for five. It's got to be more than that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we did a. We had a song up. Uh, an original song that uh-huh. Jennifer and I wrote, and um, it was a song that actually has come out of the last couple of years of our lives. As we have um, said frequently, 2019 was our, my family's 2020. Oh. Um, which, you know, Kelly had a front row seat for that, living across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty much a crap show. And so, um, yeah, we wrote a song out of that and then 2020 hit and then the song sort of materialized mm-hmm. so anyway it was it was nice to be able to sing that and awesome um, got some good feedback on it and mm-hmm. we are gonna record it soon in the next couple of weeks and then sometime after the holidays we'll, we'll roll have it, it out, out so you'll be able to probably get it on spotify and awesome. itunes and apple music all that stuff so but for now you can go to youtube to the church service <laughs> yeah. That's what I did today. I actually worshipped to that song today. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Um, and the rest of the worship set. Because because we were on worship team, I didn't realize that I needed to register for the church service yesterday. So I needed to <laughs> listen to the sermon <laughs> before I came You were today. relegated to the back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. So good. We had decent attendance yesterday and people sang loud. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had our face masks on and shields up. <laughs> Sabers <laughs> out. Sabers out. Shields up. Did everything go logistically well, John? Yeah. You, John, talk great. about the uh, the welcome center and just the gathering. The super spreader event we had after the <laughs> ten o'clock service. <laughs> 
<laughs> we shouldn't laugh. It's not funny. <laughs> it really isn't funny. It's um, a little funny. The word super spreader is funny, but it's not yeah, funny. But right. It is, but to say it is funny. Right. And to hear um, yeah, so we changed up a couple things this Sunday. One of them was um, just logistically, we went to, uh, so you could register online, but then you could check in when you got here online. Mm. So um, the reason we were do- we've been doing that, a couple of folks asked, why do I need to check into church? It's a good question. We do it for a few different reasons. One is to confirm your registration. So it's a little bit mm. like if you think of it as an airplane, there's a very f- limited number of seats. And mm-hmm. most of our services, besides the last one, are, are pretty full. So we've got to manage spaces and people and all that sort of thing. So you make your reservation when you come to church. It's kind of like taking your seat on the plane. Mm-hmm. So when you check in, you match your registration matches with your check in. Then we know, you know, how many spaces we have available because we do have people that arrive that have not registered, um, especially younger folks, a lot of college students that mm-hmm. are new to the area. They don't know, you know, necessarily our systems of registering. They're not on our email mm-hmm. lists and that kind of thing. So when we look at our check ins and we look at our registrations, if we know that four or five people didn't check in, we can let four or five people in and rearrange the room Mm -hmm. and and care for visitors but so it's a way to manage the capacity of the room it's a way to manage visitors but it also gives us the opportunity if for some reason we heard that someone tested positive Mm -hmm. in a in a worship service then we can communicate just with those who are here yeah Yeah. um and just say hey you are in the same room as somebody that tested positive do what you need to do to take care of yourself um so we changed that up it went really really well um, most people checked in on the app, um, which that's the other thing allows you to check in yourself. So you don't have to touch or talk, touch and talk to people and do all that kind of stuff. So get the app, check in when you, when you're on your way to church or just before you leave. Um, and then, and it's all set when you get here, or you can just touch the, the computer screens when you arrive. So that went really, really well, really streamlined. People got it. We were able to, to put some visitors in mm-hmm. and all sorts okay. of things like that um, because of Is- that. But the thing that you are talking about was after the 10 o'clock service, which was our, our, uh, our most full service and our shortest turnaround period, mm-hmm. um, we had a lot of folks just go into the lobby. I think you mistakenly yeah, said something. I, I shoot them out. I said, hey, we're going to clean. Would you take those conversations into the lobby? And there they stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're going to do some some a video this week just mm-hmm. kind of reminding people we've seen you know our community has a lot of positive cases right now and families in the church uh that are positive we've a number of positive cases in families and families quarantining and and, and all that sort of thing so we want to keep meeting and we want to do it safely and responsibly and so i think we're going to do some Bobbing some, for apples? Some co- no. <laughs> <laughs> no Kissing booth. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're going to uh, do a video this week to educate, just to remind people why, you know, yeah. we're wearing masks, we're staying separated, we're not gathering in the welcome center, you know, move outside, that kind of thing. Just, mm-hmm. just to keep uh, reiterating and reminding. And so we're still kind of taking things a week at a week time. Week by week, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a fair way to, yeah. to say it? From yeah. Leadership yeah. Point yep. of view? You know, we've had... S- pretty, uh, I mean, we've had success in, mm-hmm. in worshiping together. People have worn their masks. People have stayed separated for, yep. for the most part. Yep. Um, you know, kids have had a great experience downstairs. We haven't seen any spread in the three mm-hmm. weeks that we've been going that we know no one has said, 
Yeah. I was at a service and then we, mm-hmm. you know, all the people that sat next to them and the people in front of them. And yeah. so it has gone really, really well. People have done a great job. And so if we continue. This podcast may not age well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. <laughs> you never know. Um, but I think if we, if we, you know, we're, we keep watching the numbers in our community. Um, somebody said, asked me, um, you know, what, what, when would you for sure, you know, go back to just doing online services and not gathering mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, we watch the numbers, we listen to what other churches are doing, we listen to the state of Illinois, what they recommend, we're following those guidelines as is now. Um, but one of the things that would make it really difficult would be um, cases or positivity within our staff, particularly mm-hmm. our Sunday morning mm-hmm. leadership staff, mm-hmm. which God has spared us of so far. But I was thinking, you know, if if Matt came down positive, you know, <laughs> which you would lead with passion. I mean, know, you'd sing out. No skill. All would be a lot. Yeah, that's be right. Tambourine and vocals. <laughs> Cowbell, baby. But it would make, make it, it difficult because, you know, as as much as we try to be careful with each other here in the mm-hmm. church and spread out, I mean, we'd be close. We'd be exposed. I was going to say, mm-hmm. it's, it's about the proximity. It's not yeah. just, oh, Matt's not there. Who's going to do music? It's more about, right. okay, we, now we have our worship ministry yeah. assistant. Yeah, perhaps our executive him. pastor and our, senior right. pastor <laughs> who are doing a podcast with him right now. I mean, right. it's just, you know, those sorts of things. So we're trying to be really careful as a staff as best we can. And, and in our lives outside of church, even being being careful yeah. and safe. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so, anyway. one of the encouraging things for me, just being a part of this team, is like uh, we've pretty much have done whatever it takes to meet, but or and we've also tried to be extremely safe. Mm-hmm. So I think we've probably shown that and proven that that if if we can meet, we will meet. And yes. Like we've, mm-hmm. done, we've done it. Seems like we've done a good job of doing that. For what it's worth, I'll just throw out there: we do have some concerns about the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So just I just offer this to the listener: uh, we have some concerns that uh, people will leave the state and/or welcome relatives into the state and mm-hmm. then show up for church on the 29th. Yeah, and that that just increases risk. Mm-hmm. Um, holiday visitation increases transmission probabilities. And so we're just, we're praying and thinking about that um, and just uh, asking for God's goodness and for wisdom, as Matt notes. You know. In terms of whether to make that Sunday online or? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to tell people to stay home if they had interactions with multi-state, you know, relatives from other states. But, um, I, you know, I don't want to police people's behaviors. But at the same time, we have a responsibility to shepherd, and that includes mm-hmm. protect, care for, and so, you know, the likelihood that people are going to interact with folks from out of state, um, that just increases. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder about the wisdom of meeting on the 29th and it's something we're praying through and talking mm-hmm. about. And we, we, we have a document prepared of Thanksgiving guidelines for all of our congregants. For everybody families. to follow. Yeah, we basically looked at what California suggested uh-huh, and we yes. took those and we're going to be rolling those out. You're going to go house to house Just and make sure kidding. people are complying. <laughs> it, actually, though, I, like, I'm glad you brought this up, Kelly, because it's totally possible people wouldn't think of it. We don't think necessarily how things roll out. So we do something on Thursday and then we just automatically go to church on Sunday, but maybe people will pause and think, or even if you address it from the pulpit next week and say, Hey, just be mindful. Think about, you know, whether the folks that you're fellowshipping with. Right. Yeah, for sure. We all want to be careful and safe, you know, and I, and care for one another. Totally. 
we've had people comment that they weren't here Sunday. Mm-hmm. They're quarantining in order to leave town and and go out of state because they're going to be with elderly uh, and they don't want to take something yeah. with yeah. them, right? So yeah. that they weren't around a group. And of people. so the converse would same be principle, true, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really great—a really great word for people to kind of think through. Yeah, it's a good reminder for us uh, to be in prayer and to be praying specifically for not just for an end of this, but for um, people in our church who are battling it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some, so. Let's keep them in our prayers, and let's talk about prayer today. Let's uh, answer some questions around Kelly's sermon from yesterday. So let's go into question number one. How should we as believers pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives? As believers, isn't the Holy Spirit already with us? Yeah, so uh, we receive the Holy Spirit at the time of new birth. In fact, it is the Spirit that brings us to life. So when we're born again, it's the Spirit that's doing the what is a, the theological term is regenerating, bringing us to new life. And then Paul says that we're sealed. We receive the Spirit in, in us physically, uh, guaranteeing uh, our redemption. So yes, we have the Spirit. The issue is not whether we have the Spirit, but rather whether the Spirit has control of us. For this reason, Paul says things like be filled with the Spirit, stay in step with the Spirit, uh, set our minds on what the Spirit desires rather than one, on what the flesh desires. Uh, doing these types of things brings our flesh into submission ultimately so that we bear more of the Spirit's fruit. So, um, you know, he wants to give us the Spirit. I think the context there, you know, initially in Luke 11 as Jesus is approaching Jerusalem is it very well, you know, could have a Pentecost uh, notion to it, like the, the, the arrival of the Spirit uh, for believers for the first time. Um, but once we're born again, once we become believers, we have the Spirit, and it's it's a matter of the Spirit's influence growing in our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's um, a matter of more Holy Spirit or a matter of us being more aware? I, I think it's the latter, us being more submitted. Submitted, mm-hmm. right. Uh, under the control of. Yeah. Obedient to. Yeah. The Spirit's leading. Yeah, it seems like a simple issue of semantics. You know, often people will pray, or I'm thinking of a song that we've done years ago in worship, Holy Spirit, come. But then the bridge is make us aware of yeah. your presence. Where more there's aware. that more, more aware. aware. Yeah. More aware. That's, of that's your a big presence. word. More. Right. For sure. Like, yeah, we're often you'll hear people say, Send your send your Holy Spirit or something like that. Um, which is what I'm wondering if the question asker is asking, like, why do we ask the Holy Spirit to come, but really we just need to be asked to be filled with the Spirit? Right. Is that what I'm hearing you say? You know, if you're not yet born again, then certainly you're mm-hmm. going to ask, seek, knock. You're going to take that posture of pursuing and finding out and confessing, beginning to trust in Christ as Savior, and then the Spirit is bringing you to new life and you're receiving the spirit for the first time. So, but once you've done that, yeah, it's, it's a more issue, more mm-hmm. submission, yeah. more obedience, more fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, when I used to um, kind of run in more of the cessationist camp, uh, which cessationism basically is, is the idea that a lot of the gifts aren't operating in the same way that they were in biblical times and new mm. Testament times. Um, and so we, <laughs> Often we would kind of make fun of like that song in particular mm-hmm. um, as as like this, you know, invitation 
for the Holy Spirit to come. Like, oh, hey, we forgot to invite the Holy Spirit. Let's invite right. him. Let's yeah. do this song. We'll invite him in. Yeah. Then, then maybe he'll come. We oh, don't know. Phew. We don't, don't know if he'll now. come or not. Right, right, right. Hey, did you see that he liked that post? Maybe he's coming. <laughs> he um, so, but I think what we were misunderstanding is that, uh, yeah, of course, no one's going to say, like, yeah, he wasn't there and now he's coming. I guess he's here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, the idea is like what Kelly was talking about is it's being more aware. It's being, mm-hmm. and we were actually talking about it yesterday with the worship team. Like um, a good way to talk about it is kind of like the, the clearness of our lenses, mm-hmm. right? Like how clear are we seeing and experiencing God when we worship together? Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about it in the context of, uh, pursuing excellence from from right. the worship band, mm-hmm. like right, you know, and it, yeah, like I want to do something excellent in an excellent way. I want to make something in a beautiful and organized fashion, but it's more about I don't want to distract people who are worshiping and fog their lenses, mm-hmm. so to speak. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. It just feels like it's a safer way to talk about it. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, question number two. In such a hospitality-centric culture, how would the hearers view the reluctance of the neighboring friend to the simple request for bread? Is there anything more there, or does it just move the story along? I was, um, before I weigh in on the answer, I was just struck by how individualistic we are as a culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Our neighborhood's pretty nice. We borrow a lot from one another, but... um, I wouldn't say America is a hospitality-centric culture, would y'all? No. Not necessarily. In the South? Maybe. Huh. Does that change yeah. geographically? Midwest Perhaps. hospitality. I don't know. I mean, rel- relatively, if you Chicago. are in Kansas well, if you look at no. compared to New York, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. but On a global spectrum, though, I would say probably not. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's hard to... It's, I it, wouldn't think so, that it would rank very high as far I, as... Yeah. I don't know. We think Africa, the continent of Africa, that the, the cultures are more welcoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you the would know better, East. John, than I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Middle East. Yeah. So anyway, the context here is certainly Middle Eastern, Asian. All people are greedy and selfish and don't want to share. <laughs> 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 I definitely it's think American. hospitality is a gift, though. I mean, it's uh-huh. listed as a spiritual gift. I do think that there are people that are gifted in the area of hospitality. The guy in the parable didn't have it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So yeah. I, I think that the guy who wouldn't get up out of bed to <laughs> lend three loaves of bread, um, I think he just moves the story along. I think he, he he's kind of a benchmark um, for how much more God is eager to. He's kind of a, yeah, just a benchmark mm-hmm. so that we know that God is so much more eager. So even, and we all know what it is as friends to to be hesitant to meet others' needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even those we love, we can be tired. Um, yeah, I just don't want to be inconvenienced. In fact, a lot is made of this story in comparison to the unjust judge in Luke uh, 18. Both the friend in this story of Luke 11, who's unwilling to help, and the unjust judge of Luke 18 are backdrops to a description of God's goodness, his willingness uh, to help. So... I think the big takeaway for us regarding the guy who wouldn't get out of the bed <laughs> if we were going to make one is that, you know, we, we do have an opportunity and responsibility to show God's goodness to others. So I, I think you could 
you could circle back around. You could say that guy wouldn't get out of bed. We're actually to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, we have this opportunity. God loves us without reservation. Let's love one another without reservation. I feel I feel like there's part that you're leaving out though that you usually talk about like, what? but if it's habitual. If I'm knocking on your door <laughs> weekly, asking for a loaf of bread or something I forgot from I'm the a store, uh-huh. maybe <laughs> it's loving to discipline me and not give me the... Maybe that's what was uh. going on. Yes. <laughs> Him again, knocking again. All right. Uh, question number three. You say God is process-oriented and not just product-oriented. I don't totally agree, or, or maybe I don't understand. All I know is that my prayers don't seem to be answered. What can I do to get my prayers answered? Do you guys have a sense your prayers are answered? Yeah. I do, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's... Not always. Yeah, I was just going to say there's definitely things that... That you're currently praying through and yeah, waiting you, on the Lord mm-hmm. for. And, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, there are some scriptural reasons why our prayers may go unanswered. That is, in other words, that we don't hear a, a yes from the Lord or a no. They, they're, mm-hmm. they're unanswered. Um, or maybe it's just a, a no. Um, lack of faith in James chapter 1. Our prayers may go unanswered if we're doubting, James says. Uh, um, it says, uh, when you ask him, be sure that your faith Faith is in God. Don't waver for a person divided with divided loyalties, unsettled, like a ship being tossed around in the open sea. That is what it is to doubt. Such a person who doubts should not expect they'd receive anything from the Lord. That's James 1, 6, and 7. So doubt can undermine our prayers. And, and if I have, I was praying just the other day for an issue and said, Lord, give me faith on this matter. Get, help me because mm-hmm. I, I'm not feeling confident um, about what you're doing here. And so I w- I'll just ask for more faith on a topic. Or Our prayers may also go unanswered if we're disobedient. Um, Jesus says in John 15, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. And the notion there of remaining is a connection to an obedience to Christ. It's... Um, so disobedience can undermine our prayers, our prayer life. Uh, James says wrong motives can undermine. You have not because you ask not, and when you ask, you ask, you don't receive because you want to spend it on your own pleasures. That's James 4.3. If we mistreat others, now this is fascinating. Husbands in particular in 1 Peter 3.7 are warned their prayers may go unanswered if they treat their wives poorly, which is interesting. I, mm-hmm. I just think of... Um, how many husbands may be frustrated in their prayer life because they're appealing to God and disrespecting their wives. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prayers may go unanswered if the Lord's testing us. Sometimes it's, we just don't hear an answer because it's, we're to wait. Paul said, I asked three times for this thorn in his flesh to be removed. So three times there's a, he's going back and back and back to the Lord and hearing nothing. Finally, the third time he hears something. My point is that sometimes uh, an answer is delayed. Um, simply because we're being tested by God, which isn't altogether bad. There's a disciplinary aspect there in which he disciplines those he loves. We know for in Paul's case, we know that God promised to give him sufficient grace to bear that thorn. Yeah. My grace is sufficient for you. 
lastly, I'd say that your, your prayers may go unanswered if there's an attack of the, of the enemy. Um, we see that in the book of Daniel. Daniel prayed. An answer was sent, but the answer was delayed. An angel was dispatched to give Daniel an answer, but the answer was delayed in coming because uh, a, a demonic presence kept that angel from delivering the answer. And then in Daniel chapter 10, we, we read that Michael, another angel, goes and um, frees the angel who is being held back by the demonic presence so that he can deliver the answer to Daniel. So, any, uh, you know, our prayers could go unanswered for any number of reasons, but here's the point uh, that I, a point I want to make, not the point, but a point is in each of these cases, there is a process element to it. So if we, if we're doubting, we can ask for faith. That's a process. We can grow in our faith. If we're disobedient, we can grow in obedience. That's a, that's an element of process, not simply product. So if we're being tested, then we'll, we'll come through that season of testing. Um, in other words, he, he, it's not back to the process product. God certainly is product oriented. He's moving the globe towards a, a particular end, but that end involves our, our growing in faith and obedience and dependence on him and overcoming the enemy, all of which can be barriers to our receiving prayer at time, answers to our prayer. Um, this is all really helpful. This is great. But if I kind of strip it back, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> That's why we have you right? here. <laughs> and if I'm asking this question and feeling like, like God's not answering my prayers, probably some discouragement there. And then I get a laundry list of, well, Thanks. I'm praying with the wrong motives and I must be mistreating my wife. And, you know, like there's this laundry list here um, that that can easily, I think, flip over to then striving. Well, I just need to do this better and this better and not do this and do that. So how do we just strip back all this noise and get with God and pray in a way that is going to actually bring us closer to our father and not have us worrying about the laundry list. Well, the laundry list it, for the person that's discouraged is the same for the person that's encouraged. I mean, I, I, I'm keenly aware of these uh, having just offered them. In fact, I, this list is taken from some writing I've done. So I'm, when I go to prayer, I'm keenly aware of the fact that am I obedient? Have I treated mm -hmm. Sherry kindly? Mm -hmm. Do I have faith on this issue? And you know, to answer your question, Beth, I just, I go straight to it. Lord, I haven't mm -hmm. felt very obedient. I start there. Like, I feel like my prayers may be hindered here because I haven't, Sherry and I aren't getting along and I hate mm. that. Would you help me with Sherry? You know, and I just, I talk through the hindrances as best mm -hmm. I know them. And then I, I talk with God about, I don't know why I can't hear you. Mm -hmm. what, would you make it? And then I'll talk to my friends about it and we'll pray together. Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Because I think we can easily, as humans, think, I just need to do better. I need to strive harder and do these things differently. But I'm not, I, I mean, I see this list and I get it and I understand it. But we also don't want people to think they've got to just try and do something better. Like they have to be perfect they in have order to, to be approach Right, God right. Me. Yeah, that's not my takeaway, and I certainly right. wouldn't, yeah. would not want to communicate that, so help, <laughs> right. me, help me, Beth. <laughs> and again, I, yeah, if striving is your initial response to that laundry list, um, yeah, don't get up on that, that treadmill. Instead, just talk with the Lord about, mm -hmm. 
I don't feel like I have much faith and I'm keenly aware of my disobedience and I'm not treating others nice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and this this isn't a checklist of like, okay, this prayer is going unanswered. Let me go down this list and figure right. out, yeah. oh, it's that one. Okay. And right. then, yeah. okay, I'm going to work on that. And now the prayers have. I think that's a, that's a good one because you don't, yeah, you don't want to be like, all right, where am I missing the right. mark and use this as a measure. I see this as just simply, these are the kind of concrete examples we mm-hmm. see in the scriptures for reasons why prayers go unanswered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, like, but that, but it doesn't mean this is a hundred percent exhaustive. And mm-hmm. hey, guys, I've started my prayers like, uh, just you know, to be fully transparent, Father, I'm here to pray, and I don't think much is going to happen. Mm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're being faithful in prayer. Right, that's good. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. That's good. <laughs> I just, we need to, uh, um, in prayer, man. We ju- we're free to. Mm-hmm. To really dialogue with him about what's yeah. going on and, and yeah. hear from him about whenever I'm that that forthcoming with God, whenever I'm when I and just kind of brutally honest with him, then that's when I really feel at ease and the prayer life begins to flow and um, the intimacy is better. And I think it's it's helped me in my prayer life to remember that I'm not changing God's mind. That's not like, or making him aware of things that he mm-hmm. doesn't know about. You've been, you've, you've taught our church a lot on prayer. Cause I think of all the things that God's done in your life around mm-hmm. prayer in the last, you know, five, six years being on staff with you, I've seen, I think Matt can agree. I mean, Beth is close to mm-hmm. it as well. Just a movement in your own life to lead our church more in prayer. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think sometimes our, our, our initial posture is to like, I need to make God aware of all these things that are going on so that he can know about it and answer yeah, that's the, a burden the request I, I have. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, but that comes from often how we teach young people to pray. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it's been helpful college age and shortly after college thinking of prayer being more about God already knows those things. He, he wants me to, share it so that we can grow closer to in our relationship. So mm-hmm. I have a better um, idea of what he may be doing in those things. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm aware of it. So we're kind of, it's like uh, we're on the same page, we're reading the same book. We're talking mm-hmm. together, even though I'm not hearing necessarily audible responses it, it, through me sharing and listening and um, connecting with God. Um, it's, it's, it's not about me having to share with God or change God's mind or whatever, oftentimes it's a, it's about me and my heart changing and mm-hmm. my desires changing. And mm-hmm. again, we've talked about this over and over, like there's this tension with prayer. We don't really know fully how it works for God, mm-hmm. but we do know we're supposed to do it. And we do know that God wants a relationship with us through it in a way that he can't have a relationship with us in any other way. Um, and so, um, but it's just been, it's just been help, more helpful for me to think about, this isn't like a structured time where I share my Christmas list, mm-hmm. like I would with a parent or like a kid does with me, or, you know, this is a time of relationship, of connection, of me opening my heart to, to give and to receive, um, with my heavenly father. And there's a good, I mean, it's a real simple method. I use it all the time is the ax method. Yeah. The adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Supplication mm-hmm. is a weird word for asking, but 
if when we start by by telling God that we know who He is, so we adore Him, you know, we say, "You are who You are," and I, mm-hmm. I am not. And then you you confess, "I'm not Him," and and I've got baggage and I've got sin, and then you confess those things, and you're so thankful that He loves you, mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless, and you know of all that in your life and your confessions, and then and then you ask Him to care for you and the needs that are before you. And I mean, it's just a, it changes yep. your mindset because often we go right for the S, mm-hmm. the asking, the sharing what's going on. And we don't spend time in those other areas. Mm-hmm. So my two cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yep. All right. Let's go to question number four. I never thought about prayerlessness being sin. This was two Sundays ago. Now, <laughs> oh, sorry, this was two Sundays ago. Now that you talked about that. That really struck me, and I certainly don't want to keep sinning, but I can't seem to pray more. What can I do to learn to pray more? I came home from church that Sunday. My I was here, but my family watched online, and I so I always do, you know, like want to test mm-hmm. how well they were listening, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I just they said, "So, what was the sermon about today?" And why it says, "Well, if you don't pray, you're sinning." <laughs> <laughs> like good takeaway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those who wants to know, am I, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> score, score. Checklist. Give Which me a, one? give me a score. Give uh-huh. me a, give, what side am I on here? <laughs> yeah. But you did, you talked about the, a prayerless mm-hmm. life is, is a, is a, is a, it just struck me as I was prepping life. a couple of weeks ago. I, you know, God didn't, he didn't die on the cross so that I could have my, uh, so that I could, meet my exercise goals. Mm-hmm. There, there are things that I really enjoy that are impacted by his death on the cross, but are not the reason he died on the cross. Mm-hmm. What he, are those exercise goals? Should we? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a <laughs> hashtag thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Keep going. We interrupted. He did die on the cross so that I could have a conversation with my creator. Mm-hmm. So not to do so is not to make the most of the, the blood of Christ and the resurrection power. So first, the first thing about learning to pray more, I would talk to God about your desire to pray more. Mm-hmm. That's how I do it. I'm increasingly convinced uh, God is using prayer to move redemption along at a global level. So I I tell God I want to be more and more a part of that, draw me into prayer, because he's the author and perfecter of our faith, meaning he's the one that draws us into prayer. He's the one that builds prayer. So I would just start by saying, I don't want to be sinless, God. Just, you know, take it to him. Next, I'd find a friend to pray with. Um, (laughs) I wrote down here, if you want to be healthy, stop hanging out at Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) (laughs) In other words, it's kind uh, of a theme. To the <laughs> it is. <there's, laughs> Where are we going here? So prayers, like any other change of habit, we do best mm-hmm. when we do that with others. So if you want to to grow in prayer, we have a Sunday morning time slot. We have a Wednesday time slot. You could join us there. Send me an email. I'll send you the links. Uh, those are Zoom prayer meetings, and it shouldn't surprise us that the people most passionate about prayer are in those Sunday and Wednesday gatherings. So 
they're not the only ones passionate about prayer, but in other words, birds of a feather flock together. If you want to grow in prayer, you need to find some folks that are passionate about prayer and let it rub off on you. Mm-hmm. Um, meet those goals together. Uh, thirdly, I would stop the insanity. Insanity is, do, is to do the same thing and expect a different result. Mm-hmm. So if your prayer life is uh, not succeeding right now, it's, it's small or, you know, do some things to change it up. In other words, um, I've, I've got a little laundry list of things here. Do something different in prayer, like get down on your knees. How many of mm-hmm. us, I mean, that's old school. My mother used to pray on her knees all the time. I would walk by her room and she'd be on her knees, right? So, or, or write your prayers out or go for a prayer walk mm-hmm. or pray the Psalms rather than for coming up with your own words, just uh, parrot the words that the psalmist offered or sing your prayers. Find a hymn that expresses or a song that expresses your heart's desire and sing to God. Yeah. Uh, change your time of prayer. I mean, if if you're praying right before bed, stop. And you're just you're in, you're waking up the next morning. Then you know, <laughs> find a, find a different time slot to pray. So stop the insanity. If we want to to change our habits, we're going to have to do something different. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, a couple thoughts. Um, if you do want a resource for prayer, we do put out um, a weekly um, worship devotional. Um, that goes out usually sometime between Monday and Wednesday. But it's on our website on the worship page. It's called Rhythm of Worship, and it has uh, just a quick um, kind of synopsis of the upcoming sermon, uh, the verse, and kind of just some quick thoughts about it, and then some reflection questions. It has a psalm in it. It has a written-out prayer. It has all Love of it. the music and the lyrics mm-hmm. for that week. Well, that's that's a gold mine. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like if you want to, it's it's sort of something that's intended to help us come in together into worshiping together and kind of on the same page, so to speak. But mm-hmm. um, I noticed, I did notice, uh, I wanted to be a better prayer when I'm praying with people. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted to be a better prayer, and I always admired the people who had strong prayers. And um, I don't know, maybe two years ago. I started committing to writing out my prayers in when I'm up on the platform mm-hmm. and I give a That's prayer right. at the end of a, a third, fourth song, whatever. And what I noticed is after a couple years of doing that regularly, <coughs> that my prayers just off the cuff mm-hmm. and whatever, like were seemed they more flowed. rich. Yeah, you they don't need to write better. I didn't really, uh-huh. I wasn't thinking super hard. It was just kind mm-hmm. of, you know, kind of reactionary. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just felt more... Uh, in line with with God, with God's word, with mm-hmm. um, my surroundings, all those things. So yeah. I can definitely speak to that writing out prayers being a, a big help mm-hmm. in in prayer life in general. Yeah, I think that's a great, all of it is great advice and just jumping into the pool. You know, sometimes it's an insecurity why we don't pray or don't pray with other people. And so sometimes just doing it or little things like creating a culture of prayer in your home. So grab one of your kids and do a one sentence prayer with them. And that's, that's benefiting you as you become more comfortable praying. And also them seeing that prayer doesn't have to be just at mealtime and bedtime, but it's kind of creating this culture of prayer in your home, which will flow out into other areas of life, hopefully. Yeah. And for people who want to try out the zoom prayer, I imagine Kelly, you'd be fine with people just coming in and observing. You don't have to pray. Yeah. Yeah, You can just come and receive. Yeah, I think a little bit of the gray area in that the idea of like, okay, prayerlessness is being sinful for the believer is what is 
how do you define prayerlessness? Yeah, that's yes. Mm. You know, like... And uh, how do you define prayer? I, I pray uh-huh. before meals and at night. That's probably not enough. That's pro- God probably wants more mm-hmm. from you. But does that mean you are in an act of sin? sin? Mm. In a state of sin, sure. Yeah, so I yeah. think maybe some of the, the question asker wrestling with it is mm-hmm. maybe some of that. Like, Yeah. I, I wouldn't spend a lot of emotional energy on... Um, how close to sin am I or how far away from sin am I? I would spend my emotional energy on how can I grow in prayer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the final question, um, piggybacking kind of onto the last one, what are some good books on prayer? I'd like to learn more about it, but don't know where to start. My, my gut reaction to this question is don't start by reading a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, I have mm-hmm. an office full of books, so... I'll suggest some books, but if you feel stuck in prayer uh, and you want to grow in prayer, man, make sure book reading doesn't take the place of mm-hmm. actually praying. Mm-hmm. That's mine. Hey, one of my favorite books on prayer is the autobiography of George Mueller. There, it's not actually about prayer, but George Mueller ran his whole life by prayer. Mm-hmm. And so you get a taste for what it would look like uh, to pray your way through life. Mm-hmm. The autobiography of George Mueller. He was an evangelist, and he ran an orphanage. He he actually fed hundreds of orphans a day on prayer. He refused to ask anybody for money. Wow! So he would simply pray, "We've got no milk, God. Yeah. We've got mm-hmm. no bread, God." Hundreds of kids. Wow! I think you've told That's that. I think cool. you've talked about him before. Didn't he just start with like one? One kid or one person or one? I don't know about Maybe. that. Okay. Mueller's the guy, though, that prayed and prayed and prayed that he, some of his best friends would come to Christ. They did not come to Christ. He's on his deathbed pleading with them to come to Christ. They didn't come to Christ, but they were born again at his funeral. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Wow. Isn't that great? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So, and then, you know, the power through prayer, Ian Bounds, he was a yeah. Methodist clergy member, a trained lawyer, power the Ian Bounds. It's a classic. Um, Andrew Murray, anything he's written on prayer. Um, and then there's some more modern writers. Those first three, Mueller, Bounds, and Murray are kind of the classics. Um, but there's a, a Peter Grigg, Greg Grigg, um, he did the 24-7 prayer mm-hmm. room in Europe. And that was a prayer movement, is a prayer movement. He writes a, a simple book, How to Pray, and it's a simple guide. To, for normal people, how to pray by Peter Grigg, and um, and then Tim Keller has a book on prayer, experiencing on intimacy. So those are the more modern. But again, email us if you want. If you've got a particular, you know, books on prayer vary. You read Philip Yancey's book on prayer, and yeah. it's stories of answered prayer. Mm. Um, Tim Keller's is going to be more philosophical, insightful, uh, exegetical. Um, so, all right. Good word. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the next level podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that scripture is a primary means for our getting to know him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us. And thank you listeners for tuning in to the next level. Peace in your soul, you call to me.
is your faith, child. My heart needs your word to turn this squall into your stream. Jesus, my hope, help me, please help me believe. Let me be still and rest in Boom! Prophecy.